listeners, I'm Z. And I'm Ash. And welcome back to Mistakes in the Making. If you've been listening to us for a while, then you know that we spoke about toxic relationships last episode. Mm -hmm. Well, this week we wanted to understand why someone would enter a toxic relationship. So we had this whole brainstorming session and realized that a lot of the media that we consumed, like movies and TV shows, just really impacted us and the way that we perceive things. Yeah. And especially the kind of content that we saw when we were in our teenage years. One show that Ash and I really loved was Gossip Girl, and I'm sure we're not alone. So, Ash, let me ask you, how old were you when you first started watching Gossip Girl? Probably like 12 or 13. Well, Gossip Girl came out in 2007, so let me just do the math here. And then edit out the part of us actually doing the math, because we're not great when it comes to that. (laughs) I can't believe Gossip Girl came out in 2007, though. Fuck, I feel so old. So that means Gossip Girl came out when I was nine years old, because 2007 was 13 years ago. And it ended in, like, 2012, I think. So from the age of 9 to 14, I was an avid watcher of Gossip Girl. Oh my god. So young. I'm thinking about it now. Yeah. And what else did we watch? I mean, I was kind of into Twilight back in the day. Yeah, I loved Twilight. I'm so embarrassed right now. But I just at that age, I think we just ate all this shit up like... Pretty Little Liars, Vampire Diaries, all these teen sensationalized romances is all that we watched, I feel. Oh god, yeah, I remember those. I don't know why, but in that like time period, vampires and like humans dating was like a big genre in pop culture, you know? Mm-hmm. So were you the kind of girl who was like hooked onto Twilight from like the first book, first movie? Yeah, I think so. Because I never really read the book. And I was really like feeling left out because everyone read it. So I think I just Mm -hmm. became super obsessed with the movie. And I don't know, now when I think about it, it's so problematic. But yeah. For me, it was a bit different. Like someone told me the premise of this old vampire falling in love Mm -hmm. with this young girl and I could just imagine Dracula mm-hmm. um, eventually my friends dragged me to the first movie and I was just kind of like oh this is still a bit weird it I'm not was. on board then my friends dragged me to the second movie and I saw Jacob aka Taylor Lautner and his abs and <laughs> I don't know I was just like mm-hmm, I can get on board <laughs> with this <laughs> little shock boy fantasy <laughs> Oh yeah, Shark Boy. I later found out about that. And at that time, I was obsessed with the Discovery Channel's Shark Week. And I was like, ooh, this has Taylor Lautner and sharks. <laughs> yep, this is for me. <laughs> so, for those of you that don't know, before Taylor Lautner starred in Twilight, he starred in like this superhero movie called Shark Boy and Lava Girl. <laughs> oh my god, it was just, I don't even know. I never really understood it, honestly. It's a classic, you guys. If y'all haven't seen it, please do. It's so trash, but yeah. So speaking of trash, let's get back to Twilight. So trash. I loved it Mm -hmm. as a kid. 
And it wasn't until I actually became an adult I realized just how mad and insane and toxic it was. And turns out Robert Pattinson thought the exact same thing because there are so many interviews where he just dissed Twilight left, right, and center. Yeah. So let me just find some of my favorite quotes. Sure. This publication called The Tab basically came up with a whole list of every bad thing Robert Pattinson has said about Twilight and like how much he hates it. And in the article, they quote an interview he did with Variety where he basically said, Twilight is about this guy and he finds the one girl he wants to be with and he also wants to eat her. I mean, not eat her, but drink her blood or whatever. It's not that other people are telling them that they can't be together. It's his own body telling him that. In a different interview, he was discussing like the second last Twilight movie in which Bella gives birth and he went and said, It's nuts. I had to give her a cesarean by chewing through her placenta. I don't know the medical how it works, but there was definitely chewing something. It's wild. Once you get that in your head, you're like, oh, this is just a thing for little girls. And then like, it's kind of, it's difficult to get past. And dude, I fully agree. Like that is mad. Dude, it's basically a 108-year-old virgin trying to shag a 17-year-old high school girl and influence her into, like, wanting to become a vampire. I just can't. How fucked up is that? That is such a messed up premise, dude. And also, it was just... I don't even know. Like, you, you can't make good decisions when you're that young, you know? Literally. I can't... And he begins... Like, the whole love story begins with him stalking her when she's sleeping. Like, he enters her room and stares at her. This is a whole nother thing. Like, stalking and then the girl falling for that guy is just so screwed up. It's even in Bollywood. I can't. Yeah. But, I don't know. Bollywood is, like, a whole different genre. It's, like, a whole different ball game. Fully but agree. maybe we could just do an episode on Bollywood and Bollywood romance. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows when we're going to get to the friends being in a toxic relationship episode at this rate. (laughs) Anyways, but for all of like Twilight's flaws, it is still like a fantasy movie. Like vampires Mm -hmm. aren't real. But you know what is real? High school in York, aka Gossip Girl. So yeah, that show has just a lot of issues. One of the biggest issues that I found in Gossip Girl was just this the character of chuck bass like in the first episode we are introduced to him as like this mad womanizer and then he basically like tries to like sexually assault serena and he's being really pushy when she's back in town to like get with her then at the end of the first episode he takes this like young 14 year old girl jenny up to the rooftop of this party and like tries to have sex with her and she's just like no stop and like he doesn't stop until Jenny's brother Dan comes and like punches him in the face so he was a pretty toxic character and then fast forward like a few episodes and a few seasons and they basically make him into the romantic lead and all of his assault and stuff was just never mentioned again you know And that is so toxic. And I feel like the writers of Gossip Girl are somewhat responsible for this 
are entirely responsible for this acceptance of Chuck and his like romantic persona. And I feel like, yeah, we don't live in a perfect world and there's nothing morally wrong with creating characters who do like horrendous things. But when screenwriters choose to incorporate issues like assault into their shows, I feel like they have a responsibility to do it justice, especially when it's targeted at like really impressionable young adults who are just like exploring their sexualities and deciding their self-worth. You have to do it justice. You can't romanticize these characters. Like the showrunners really just made him such a romantic lead to the point where all his toxic behavior was just forgotten about, never mentioned again. And there were so many girls, including me, that just loved Chuck Bass. And he was like the ideal man. And he was just, I don't know, like he was like a desirable character and honestly the fact that I used to like really really love him just makes me so sick oh what was wrong with me but Yazi, you're so right like we were so into this growing up I liked nothing better than having a sleepover with my girlfriend sitting in the bed watching Gossip Girl and romanticizing this really screwed up relationship he had with Blair And I just feel like it's so screwed up at such a young age that we watched all these characters, not only Gossip Girl, but the other shows I spoke about, like Arya and Ezra from Pretty Little Liars or like Damon and Elena from Vampire Diaries. All these shows have just heavily influenced us. And I feel like this is where we came to the conclusion um, that basically pop culture has influenced a lot of the toxic relationships we're in because I guess we just learned to settle for this behavior because this was what was romanticized on TV and probably was our only example of what relationships are like when you're a teenager which is just so screwed up let's just put his sexual assault aside and that by itself is a mad statement So Chuck Bass was like this really rich hotelier. He didn't have a mother and his father was very distant. So he had like a lot of money, no rules, which is always a great combination. But yeah, so let's just focus on the idea of like the Chuck Bass fantasy. Chuck Bass was essentially paired against this other character, Blair Waldorf. And Blair was like a really like, you know, she was like the opposite of Chuck. If Chuck was the guy who was into drugs and like, not caring about school she cared so much about school she was so focused so opposites attract I guess but he treated Blair so badly Mm, yeah for a start it took him two seasons to say I love you and like in those two seasons he treated her so badly broke her heart made her so upset made her cry on so many occasions and he was I don't know they just presented him as a character that Blair needed to fix which in and of itself is pretty toxic. Like, he should be able to fix himself. Why does he need her? Like, it's not up to her, really, you know? Which is so screwed up. And we just ate up this Chuck Bass fantasy, like you said. And all of us wanted a relationship like Chuck and Blair wanted to go for a guy who's emotionally unavailable just so we could fix him like Blair did. And just, I get so angry. How stupid. Yeah, I fully agree with that. It was just not okay the way that they portrayed their relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. It was just kind of like always Blair having to fix problems. He never really did that much of the work, especially when they were just starting out. Yeah. And they made it seem like everything bad in his life, like his dad dying, was up Mm -hmm. to Blair to fix. And 
I don't think he just needed love yeah. and support. I think he really just needed therapy. And they showed his twisted problems as something that was up to Blair to fix, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And the next thing that I really want to address is that the show really presented materialistic things as ways to get over emotional conflict, you know? Yeah. Like, the whole of season one and season two, he was such a dick to her. She was, like, always trying to make him into a better person. She was literally like, oh, I'll forgive you for everything. Just say that you love me. And he didn't. Yeah. Oh. Three words, eight letters. Yeah. Oh my god, that was such a big mm. moment in the show. Oh, those words. Wow, brings me back. But yeah, he treats her badly, and then at the end, all he does is get her her favorite macarons from Paris, and all's forgiven. Yeah. It was just not okay. Like they really showed that materialistic things can fix all problems, and I think that really yeah. impacts people. And also to mention his constant objectification of women, like he trades Blair for a hotel, which is so screwed up. And just everything, the way he speaks about women, looks at them, and just women of a lower class as well are treated so differently. And I feel like this is such an it's such a problem in real society anyway, like rich, privileged men treating women of a lower class really horribly. And it's just, it encourages that sort of behavior because this is what we grew up with. Like, it's just etched in our subconscious and that really scares me. Like, as an adult, we can tell right yeah. and wrong. But for so many years, we romanticized this. And not even this show, so many other movies, we could go on and on. Yeah, Yash, I don't know. I feel like mm-hmm. there's still so many people as adults who still love to watch Gossip Girl, who still romanticize that whole Chuck Bass thing. And they don't even realize how toxic it is for them. Mm. I think there's there's a definite difference between acknowledging that something is bad and toxic and then understanding how it has subconsciously impacted you and the decisions you make and the kind of men that you go for. Because, I don't know, I still feel like that's a huge difference. Some people acknowledge it's toxic, but then don't acknowledge how it's shaped their lives. Exactly. And I'm like, okay, sure, you can love it, admire it, but you can't just idealize it and like post like oh relationship goals like no look at it watch it but know what's problematic you have that responsibility I feel to yourself but yeah and also just moving forward with your life analyze how the stuff you see shapes your decisions because that's what's really important you know yeah yeah to be fair like we arrived at this gossip girl comparison because when we were discussing our friends in toxic relationships, we realized that it's a really Chuck Blair dynamic or any of these toxic relationships and shows. And yeah, I'm maybe it does play like a huge part in our psyche. Maybe it's just very utopian of me to hope that as an adult, we can see that it's wrong. But if you're just like conditioned in a certain way, especially like the things we discussed, like when, a toxic boyfriend gives you a gift to make up for behavior that wasn't nice or just like 
running after an emotionally unavailable guy trying to fix them this is all of the things that we've learned from pop culture and yeah i don't know for me i always compare myself to the characters i see on television which is such a dangerous thing like even as an adult like i'll find like a scene or a quality and be like oh yeah you know this is how me and my boyfriend are like me and my friends are and i just feel like that's so toxic but that's what pop culture wants you to do right like they want you to be able to relate to it so it's just this vicious cycle oh i fully agree with that that is such a good point like you will obviously like look at the show and be like oh i'm such a blair but blair puts up with so much emotional abuse and this show really normalizes that it's totally fine for you, for a guy to treat you just so badly and for you to just take it and that's not really okay it's just the normalization mm-hmm. of really messed up things like i hate to say this again but just the fact that like in the first episode chuck was like sexually assaulting women and then that mm. was never a plot line and the show was just kind of like yeah he seems like a fine guy to date he can definitely change after being such a yeah. horrific person that's not okay that's just madly toxic exactly this man has genuinely been such a big part of our childhood and is still so relevant today like if you go and google chuck bass t-shirt you will find t-shirts that say i'm chuck bass or um i'm all about that chuck bass or every girl just needs to find her chuck bass or you know how sometimes there are those t-shirts that say um single taken and you have to check a box Oh, so there's one that says single taken mentally dating Chuck Bass. Oh my god. And oh, there's just one right now that says I'm Chuck Bass, your argument is invalid. Just Jesus, he's so prominent even today and that's what freaks me out. You know what's really messed up? I bought one of these t-shirts for my friend back in the day like 5 years ago. Oh, yeah. Oh my god. Like yeah to be completely honest all of us were like that we ate up this shit and how and i don't know it just it angers me so much that this kind of content is put forward for young adults because i feel like especially at a time when we're like i said trying to decide our self worth and we see this sort of behavior being rewarded we just think that's the norm and it's just ugh I don't know our relationships when we were teenagers were healthy at all thanks to pop culture I feel. Yeah, these kind of shows really left a very lasting impression on us. It was oof, so mad. Yeah, also one more thing that I always notice in shows is that the obsessive guy gets the girl, which you can see in Gossip Girl where Dan is super obsessed with Serena and gets her in the end gets to marry her after all the shit that he puts her through. Even like vampire diaries. Oh my like, god, yeah. Even like in 50 shades of gray this happened. 50 shades of gray like twilight. I just can't. And even Bollywood keeps reinforcing this like guys talking to girls super obsessed like no I love you I know you'll fall in love with me like does that shit fly in real life like stalker alert. Real talk though, one of my favorite tweets is that if 50 shades of gray mm-hmm. took place in Delhi, it would be an episode of Crime Patrol. Damn. So true though. Oh, but my head hurts honestly because 50 shades yeah. of gray is basically just a twilight remake. No, seriously, it started out as a twilight fanfic, but yeah, like 
I get that people want to use cinema as an escape. It's not realistic. In fact, it does more harm than good to your real life. Exactly. And then you need to escape from your real life even more. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with like showing toxic, unhealthy relationships, but show it for what it is, you know? Like show complicated, messed up people, but then don't make them the hero. Call them what they are, the villain. Yeah, it's like in Devil Wears Prada, we all knew Nate was a super, super toxic guy. And they didn't really celebrate him or their relationship and romanticized it. It is what it was. And the audience was able to like, gauge his personality and make that decision for themselves which I really really like yeah and just a fangirling over Anne Hathaway side note I feel like all the characters that she's picked in all the movies and I guess the relationships they have has always been super real and raw with toxic spouses but it's never been celebrated or romanticized like I guess in Princess Diaries, um, The Intern, Love and Other Drugs, Bride Wars, um, what else? Uh, Valentine's Day or even like Modern Love. Well, that entire series in general. Um, I feel like they all showed real relationships with maybe toxic partners, but never really celebrated it or reinforced negative and toxic behavior patterns and nothing was romanticized it was all about going through that shit but in a more realistic way with a realistic outcome of learning when this is bad and letting go of it which I really appreciate I just I love her as a human what to say modern love is definitely on my to watch list you guys listening should also check it out and maybe now check out this ad Oh, wow, that was such a long and intense discussion that we just had. Yeah, definitely. But I just feel like we're so passionate about this because we know it's affected a lot of people our age and for our teenagers at least has formed the kind of relationships we want and expect. Yeah, and also I have a theory that teens especially like for a lot of teenagers, it's just really hard to be in a good, healthy relationship because your perception of the world is still Mm -hmm. forming. You don't really know what a relationship is like. You don't really know what to expect. So how can you really be expected to support and love and help another person mature when you're still maturing, you know? And that's why when people use TV show characters as their relationship reference, they start to kind of negotiate with themselves, be like, oh, see, Blair put up with this behavior, I put up with that behavior. And then slowly, slowly, Mm -hmm. it creates this kind of blueprint in your mind. And that has such a lasting effect. Like you will go into your next relationship kind of with that idea in your mind. It's just, it's so hard to forget about that eventually. Yeah, and I think unlearning is so important. Even generally in life, whenever you want to get rid of a toxic mindset that's been fed to you, um, it's so important to just unlearn and let go of it. But then again, easier said than done. It's not going to happen overnight. It takes a lot of time because we've grown up loving these movies like don't even get me started on like Kuch Kuch Hota Hai and all those like Hindi movies as well. Like, well, even like The Notebook, like I romanticize Noah and Ali, but 
so problematic again and it just is really heartbreaking because when you think about like oh childhood movies chick flicks like you just can't look at it the same way once you really think about it yeah and remember back in the day there were all those sad tumblr quotes like oh every good girl needs a bad boy to go good for her i think that's just the core of this whole issue like Blair found a guy, made him good for her, and that was it. But that's not reality. Like, when it comes down to that, you can't change a person. In fact, it's really toxic. And you're basically just in love with a version of a person that does not exist. And that's the sad reality of it. Yeah, you said that so perfectly. Because what it basically is, I think, like... When you see these shows on TV and pop culture and media, you start comparing your relationship. And the second you do that, you just always feel that your relationship is inadequate. Like maybe you try to search for like that kind of drama, that kind of romance that's not really there in real life. And at when you're at a young age, you can't really like know that this is essentialized and it isn't how it is in real life. And that is so, like, dangerous. Yeah, and also, on the other hand, you have reality TV, which is also such a dark side of life sometimes because it just basically shows these dysfunctional relationships. I don't know, for a young mind, look to just think that, okay, this is the reality. Like, it's nothing essentialized or fictionalized. Like, for shows like 90 Day Fiancé, Love at First Sight, Love is Blind, Back with an Ex, dude, I can go on and on. The Proposal, Newlyweds, Married at First Sight, The Bachelor, there's so many shows that are supposed to be based on real life couples. And I don't know, it's really scary as a young adult watching this. I guess you just expect that real life relationships are like this and so toxic, I guess it's made for the cameras but it's still so superficial and I don't know I feel like if you compare your relationships to that and looking at that it'll always be so inadequate and like I said you might just like crave that drama that shouldn't be the case I don't know oh yeah that's so true all these shows really just present like superficialities as things that should be important Mm -hmm. in love But going back to like all these fictional shows like Gossip Girl and Sex in the City and stuff, if the relationship doesn't work out and there's like a speed bump in the middle, it's usually always seen as like an an inadequacy on the woman's side. Like think about it in Sex in the City when Big marries Natasha and not Carrie, it's kind of like shown like, oh, it's Carrie's fault. She wasn't like woman enough for him. And that's also something that's very problematic in these shows because the burden goes to the woman exactly and he left her at the altar but she still went back like does that shit happen in real life i mean i don't know about real life but do you want to know something really really messed up i still love sex in the city like i love to watch that show so much and i find big super charming and it's so problematic but i feel like that show still impacts me and my life today and I've not fully gotten over it. Yeah, and that as well as Friends, I feel. Like Ross and Rachel. Like, I love yeah. watching the show. It's like good noise in the background, I guess. But their relationship is so fucked up. Oh, I don't know. Here's my question, though. Like, yeah. 
are we being morally responsible towards ourselves by watching these kind of shows again and like reinforcing that idea when we know that it's wrong like ah uh, i don't know i think i've really thought mm-hmm. about this a lot and i do think i am doing myself a disservice on some level but it's just so good like mm-hmm. it's like finding out you're lactose intolerant even though you've had cheese your whole life uh-huh. and now you have to give up cheese like <laughs> <laughs> i just can't do it it's not fun and it's not easy but maybe one day you know i'll be mature and evolved enough to do so and stop watching it it happens over time right that's what i feel like you can't blame yourself for still loving these shows like exactly oh, it's hard. yeah i think that with gossip girl i watched it when i was very young mm-hmm. and then i didn't watch it for like a certain number of years so then in that time i started yeah. to evolve i got into better tv shows i started reading more about feminist literature having deep conversations with my friends yeah and i realized how toxic gossip girl was and then yeah. one day i decided to just you know rewatch it for nostalgia's sake and i just couldn't stomach it it was like something within me was just kind of like nope i'm not watching this anymore but i don't know if that'll happen with sex in the city i feel like that show is very different i don't know i just i feel like gossip girl was toxic in a lot of ways yeah. but Sex in the City did have some kind of redeeming qualities, you know, and also mm. I would only gravitate towards the first like or the last few seasons when Big wasn't there. Like I didn't like the seasons when Big was dating Carrie even though I found Big charming, but I preferred like the other relationships like how Harry and Charlotte had a pretty good relationship and yeah. how Smith and Samantha had like a very nice mm-hmm. and supportive relationship. So it definitely wasn't as toxic as Gossip Girl. Also I feel yeah. like the women had a lot of agency in Sex and the City whereas in Gossip Girl they really didn't have that much agency or any at all. So there's actually something called the Bechdel test which indicates how much agency a woman has in a TV show or movie and the, there's only two criteria for this. First, there have to be two female characters that have a first name and a last name so they can't be like mm-hmm. side characters. and those two characters have to have a conversation for like any amount of time really that does not involve a man so they can't be talking about a man they can't be like discussing men in their lives nothing like that like just about themselves and surprisingly there are barely any moments in gossip girl that like fulfill this it's so crazy but really though let's do an exercise you two listeners Think about any movie, any show that you've seen recently. Genuinely, think about a moment where two female characters that have first and last names spoke about something that's not a man. Like, do it. Think about it. It's crazy. There are, I would say, only seventy percent of the content I see actually fulfills this, and barely any movies in the Oscars even like fulfill this test. Yeah. And it's just, it's such rubbish. Like. think about it men in shows have so much agency they have lives they have work they have so much going on for them and then the women always just tend to speak about like men nothing really of substance in their lives like seriously though try and think of a show other than sex in the city that fulfills this test so in the middle it got a bit too boy crazy so then i think i in like an episode in season 4 miranda was just kind of like look we're all such nice women in new york city we with exciting lives 
we should be able to talk about something other than a man like they full on addressed mm. it and that's why i really love it mm-hmm. yeah and i guess what it boils down to is that although we may have this soft spot for shows and movies that we've grown up with um it's just realizing this sort of behavior and not reinforcing it in our everyday life and just i mean knowing when it's wrong and essentialized and when it shouldn't be romanticized and deciding in our minds what's right and wrong but i don't know it's just it's hard when you're a young adult of course and like first of all why are you making shows like this why are you feeding young minds this why are they your demographic um but yeah i guess what we can do as individuals i guess is just i don't know learn how to see it in a different light this whole thing basically comes down to if he's mean to you he likes you and that's just such a messed up saying mm-hmm. that is in every single one of these shows out of curiosity have you heard that saying ever before yeah i mean no one told me but that's what i thought because i've always watched shows where that's been reinforced sometimes i literally feel like pavlov's dog <laughs> Like this shit has been reinforced so many times by shows and girlfriends that now like it takes a lot to unlearn this shit like it's just subconscious yeah it's what it is so fucked up i don't even want to look into our brains and like see what our subconscious thinks about sometimes oh yeah but yeah do it my subconscious is messy <laughs> So just to summarize like all the points we've gone over like what you see on TV is not real life but even though you may know that it's definitely going to create like a lasting impression yeah. in your mind especially if you're super young. And please 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 don't bring it into your real life relationships. And also if a guy is mean to you it doesn't mean mm-hmm. he likes you it means he has psychological issues. probably mommy issues yep. and he's probably really <laughs> insecure about himself and what he has going on down there. <laughs> well guys, this has been a very interesting episode. Yeah, and who knows when we'll actually have a profound discussion the that makes sense on a super structured. Not today, but <laughs> definitely not today. Well guys, tune in next time and hopefully we- Oh, 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 oh,